Welcome to this clinical law briefing. My name is Robert Wheeler. I work in Southampton as a children's surgeon and clinical lawyer. I run the Department of Clinical Law and hope this podcast concerning a legal aspect of clinical life will interest you. This briefing relates to conjoined twins. Nearly 20 years ago, a court was faced with an agonising decision whether the proposed separation of conjoined twins was lawful. A court decision was necessary. The parents opposed the separation because the operation would lead to the immediate death of one of their twins. This dilemma could re-emerge at any moment, so the decision merits study. The case was called Ray A, and it concerned Jodie and Mary, born to devout Catholic parents. The girls each had their own brain and heart and lungs and vital organs, each had four limbs. But the court was told that Mary's cardiorespiratory system was insufficient to support life. She remained alive only because of their connected circulations. Jodie's aorta supplied that of her sister, and their inferior vena cavae were distally united into a common channel. If Mary had been born as an independent baby, she would not have lived after cessation of her placental circulation. Without separation, the surgeons predicted that Mary would die within three to six months, followed within hours by her sister, who would exsanguinate into her dead sister's circulation. Surgical separation in the neonatal period was feasible, and Jodie would be able to live a relatively normal life, but Mary would die within minutes of the division of the aortic connection. Their parents opposed the operation, believing their children's fate should be left to God and that terminating Mary's life was wrong. The legal formula for murder in England requires an intention to kill, as well, of course, as an act that causes death, and that intention to kill must be established. The court in Ray A recognised that each twin was a separate person for the purposes of homicide, homicide, of course, being unlawful killing, and that both girls had to be accorded equal rights to life. But the court considered Mary's death to be justified as the lesser of two evils, declaring separation lawful. Nevertheless, the court conceded that the surgeons would, by performing the operation, intend to kill Mary, since her death would be virtually certain once her aorta was clamped. Although one of the reasons for the court's decision was that the surgeons could rely on a defence of necessity, the necessity to save Jodie's life, but subsequent legal arguments suggest that this defence may no longer be available. Courts have held that the greater the scope for genuine doubt as to where a child's best interests lie, the greater the expectation that this difficult decision will be taken by her parents. Academic lawyers have suggested that seeking to justify giving priority to the welfare of one or other twin was an exercise too finely balanced for clinicians or judges, to arrive at a conclusion with certainty. Put bluntly, it remains uncertain that either twin could mount a strong case that she could thrive at the expense of her sister. In these circumstances, the justification to usurp the parent's settled decision to refuse surgery evaporates. At the same time, sociological evidence hints at conjoined twins' profound disinclination to be separated. Plainly, This evidence requires close scrutiny, and that isn't suitable for this little briefing. Taken together, considerable doubt is cast upon the proposition that the judgment in Ray A 
can be relied upon by contemporary surgeons, faced with the prospect of needing to sacrifice the life of one twin for the benefit of another. It is arguable that if the sacrifice was made in 2019, the surgeons would need to convince a jury either that the elements of murder were not made out, or alternatively that a defence against that charge was both available and applicable. By extension, if the idea that enduring conjoinity was valued by and valuable to conjoined twins withstood critical analysis, courts might view any separation, whether or not imminent death of one twin was anticipated, with sufficient anxiety to defer a decision to separate until the children had capacity to make that choice for themselves. I hope this was useful, but if you would prefer to read rather than to listen to me, by all means look at the Clinical Law website on the UHS webpage, or type Clinical Law into a search engine.